0: Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at Chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area And your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you.
1: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold.
0: Good morning. This is Jill Welke here to help get those chores done. I know we. I could have possibly taken the day off, but I flip-flopped it and I took off Wednesday, and here we are. We are post-Thanksgiving, so we're post-having our turkey, and I did enjoy Martha yesterday. My sister-in-law, Jenny Zimmerman, cooked up Martha. It's a turkey that I raised last year, and Boy, she was good. And I hope that all the rest of you enjoyed your day off and your Thanksgiving turkey and filled up. I know I was awfully full. I didn't have to, uh, didn't eat supper last night, to say the least. And I rather enjoyed it and enjoyed the family company and had a good day. And boy, were we blessed with some awesome weather and got to, went out and took a walk. And boy, that was a little, It wasn't even that terribly refreshing. So let's take a look at what our weather is going to be today. We're expected to get up to 47 and sunny tonight. Just down to just our freezing mark of 32. Tomorrow, 52 and sunny. uh, Tomorrow night, down to 33. Sunday, we're not going to be quite as warm, but still up to 38 and partial sun. Monday, 38 with partial sun, and Tuesday, 36, mostly cloudy with a chance of snow. We'll hear more from Mike D'Andrea later on in the cast to have hear what he has to say. Um, shout out to all those Black Friday shoppers. I will not be joining you. I have a hard time shopping when it's normal time, so I really wouldn't want to go out and Black Friday shop. Um uh, Today, we've got some other stuff we're going to be looking at. In our news, we'll look at um, egg counters. We'll talk about milk production. And uh, in our audio, we're going to be hearing from Chase Sova and the World Food Program. I caught up with him down in Kansas City at the NAFB National Convention. And I have a little bit of treat with the markets being closed. I don't have the markets to go to today. But I brought up my niece, Courtney Zimmerman, to talk about some of her adventures in South Africa. Uh, She talks about agriculture and she talks about, uh, I don't know, just stay tuned, being chased by something. And here at WAX 104.5, we are giving away a half hog for the harvest. As a thanks for all the, your hard work, the farm team, that's Bob, Kristen, and I, are giving away the gift of pork for the season. You have the chance to win a half hog and a chest freezer, courtesy of Smith Brothers Meat and of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. Go to the Wax website and uh, click on Midwest Farm Report tab and just slide down a little bit and you click on that, and you can register. Or you can go to your app on your phone. Thanks to all the farmers of our area from Bob, Kristen, and myself. So get on out there, click on that. You know, we just had turkey or ham or whatever was your choice of food for Thanksgiving. And now it's time to stock up that freezer again. Let's get to some chores, and then we'll be hitting the news.
1: Keep it at Rural, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And some of my songs disappeared that we're supposed to play, so we'll just keep moving through. We'll get through those chores, and I'll figure out how to get some songs in a little later. But first, we're going to hear from our national news.
2: NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is keeping close tabs on a pending rail strike, but he's staying on the sidelines.
1: I can't because it's a mellow
2: negotiation still. That's what he said on Thanksgiving during remarks to reporters on the Massachusetts island of Nantucket. The president's words came after the White House praised a tentative deal in September between railroads and unions over longtime disputes about pay and working conditions. At that time, the Biden administration warned that a nationwide strike could cripple our economy. A former Republican House Speaker isn't backing down from his criticism of former President Trump. Speaking to the Washington Post, Paul Ryan said the results of the midterm elections mark another fresh set of evidence that we lose with Trump. Republicans did win the House but failed to retake the Senate this month. Ryan said but for Trump, the GOP would have taken both chambers. He also insisted each election result since 2018 is more than enough evidence to know we need to turn the page and go to the next generation. Elon Musk is announcing a general amnesty for recently suspended Twitter accounts. Brian Shook explains. Using a Twitter poll, Musk asked users if he should offer a pardon to suspended accounts, provided that they have not broken the law or engaged in egregious spam. As of Thursday, roughly 75% of respondents voted in favor, and Musk announced the amnesty would begin sometime next week. This comes days after he reinstated the account of former President Donald Trump, who was banned last year. I'm Brian Shook. And the U.S. men's national team returns to the pitch this afternoon as the World Cup continues in Qatar. The team will play England in its second game of the tournament. Timothy Wayne netted a goal for the Stars and Stripes in a one-to-one draw with Wales earlier in the week. The three Lions thumped Iran 6-2 and lead Group B with three points. Wales and the United States are tied for second with one point. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio.
0: Temperatures around our area. Eau Claire, we're sitting at 26. Medford, Twenty. Oh, Eau Claire twenty-seven, Medford twenty-six, Rice Lake and Wausau twenty-eight, Green Bay thirty-three, and Clear Marshfield twenty-nine, Lacrosse twenty-six, Madison thirty-three and Clear, and Milwaukee thirty-six. And the low spot in Black River Falls, they're down to twenty. As I said before, today our high is supposed to amp on up to forty-seven. Tomorrow, fifty-two and sunny. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Get to some more stuff done outside and pack up and you know it's a good weekend to put out those Christmas lights too. You won't have to wear all those gloves. And I'm gonna be moving on into our markets. Wax
1: 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And it's time to head on over to our markets, brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Let's get started with our Cash Livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 143 to 156 and a half, with mixed at 92 to 140 and a quarter. Choice fed beef heifers are 143 to 157 with mixed at 85 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers are 127 to 138 and a half, with select and silage fed steers at 78 to 125. Cows are 59 to 87 with bulls at 67 to 101. Butcher hogs are 75 to 93 and a quarter. Sows are forty-one and a half to forty-five. Boars are fifteen to seventeen and a half. Shorn market lambs are one fifteen to one twenty-eight. Unshorn market lambs are one ten to one twenty. Feeder lambs are a dollar to three hundred twenty-five or three <laughs> twenty-five. Uses are seventy-five to a dollar. Small goats are 80, 185 dollars and down. Medium goats are 115 to 225 dollars. Large goats are 170 to 500 dollars. nanny goats are 75 to 275 dollars. We're going to slide on over to our futures markets and our live cattle futures for December. We're at 153.35, down 45 cents. February 155.42 and a half, down a dollar. April one fifty nine twelve and a half cents, down seventy seven and a half cents, and those markets are trending downward. For our feeder cattle cattle futures, say that three times real fast. January one seventy nine and a quarter, down two dollars and forty two and a half cents. March one eighty two thirty five, down two twenty two and a half, and April one eighty six oh five down eighty one eighty seven and a half and that market is trending downward. And our lean hog carcasses for December eighty three ninety five down thirty cents. February eighty eight eighty down a dollar twenty seven and a half cents. And April ninety four sixty down ninety five cents and that market is trending downward. And those markets are as of the end of uh the day on Wednesday and the markets will be opening up this morning at eight o'clock. And let's slide on over to our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn, that market is trending upward as far as I could see. But our March prices are at six sixty six up seven cents. Oats, that one's going trending downward. And that's at for March is at three eighty nine down seven cents. Soybeans for March fourteen forty two up five cents. Soybean meal is at four hundred and four dollars a ton up two and a half dollars. And wheat for March is at nine nineteen up seven and a half cents. And our dairy markets. Barrels 181 and three quarters up one and a quarter. Forty pound blocks are at 215 down five cents. Our gray AA butter is at 294 and 3 quarters, up 1 and 3 quarters. And our class 3 milk for November is 21.04 up a penny. And December 2031, down 69 cents. January down 38 cents to 2006. February 1979 down 18 cents. And March down 17 cents to 1980. And that market is trending downward as far as I could see, into next year. And uh, that just means that we all need to drink a little bit more milk and get that amped up and bring up that demand. That's a look at our markets, brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to go through some more chores, and then we're going to be heading down down to an interview that I got in Kansas City about the World Food Program and Chase Sova. So let's get on up and do some more of those chores.
1: Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: (laughs) Wow, I am a little rusty on uh, getting my uh, spots all lined up. That one didn't turn out the way I was expecting. But our news is sponsored by Chipov Egg Solutions. And we're going to take a look at our egg counters. Egg counters are working hard. United States egg production totaled just over 9 billion in October. That's down 4% from last year, according to the latest chickens and eggs report from the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service. Total layer chickens in the US on November 1st was 375 million. That's also down 4% from last year. Avian influenza has wiped out and a half million birds in 46 states across the nation this year, making it the deadliest outbreak ever recorded, and more birds than the 2015 outbreak, according to Reuters article printed yesterday. But, Iowa continues to top the nation in egg production, with over 1 billion produced in October, followed by Indiana producing over 900 million, and Ohio just under 900 million eggs. Wisconsin ranks 18th in the nation in egg production in October. And speaking of Wisconsin, our chickens produced 149 million eggs in October. That's up 3% from last month, but down 18% from last year. The number of chickens producing eggs in Wisconsin was 5.7 million in October, down slightly from last month, but down a whopping 20% from last year. Egg production per chicken did increase from last month, and 2% from last year. But with fewer chickens, total egg production is still way below levels from years past. Avian influenza outbreaks have continued to be detected this fall in a total of 18 counties in Wisconsin, according to the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Production reports. We'll take a look at the milk production in the 24 major states after we get through some more chores, so... That's a little look of our eggs, and that might explain why our eggs are a little more expensive in those stores. I produce actually my own at my house, so I feel like I have little nuggets of gold out there sometimes when I go pick them up. So let's get some more chores done, and then we're going to head on down. We're going to head down to um, an audio I picked up in Kansas City about the World Food Program. And that's what we need to get done. More chores.
1: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, hopefully you've got a refrigerator full of leftovers as we get into our Friday. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee, at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison with a full tummy and a smile on my face. But I'll tell you what. That is not necessarily the case for a lot of families here in Wisconsin, in the United States, and around the world. Jill, we found out that there is a group that is focused like a laser on trying to make sure people that are food insecure around the world have access to food. But boy, that's a, that's a mission that's simpler to say than accomplish. It absolutely is. I caught up with Chase Sova. He's a, Wisconsinite down in Kansas City, and he's in charge of the World Food Program. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. We sat down, had a conversation about the process of finding the need for getting that food distributed, but something I found very interesting was the process of collecting up the food for distribution, and I found out more about the whole situation and how a person can find out more about the World Food Program.
3: Yeah, well, it's a, such a pleasure to chat with you today. I mean, the World Food Program USA is a U.S.-based nonprofit organization that supports the mission of the U.N. World Food Program here in the in the United States. Now, we do that by raising funds from the private sector, from foundations and individuals, but also, and this is really my day job, spend a lot of time with lawmakers up on Capitol Hill Uh, speaking to them about the importance of international food aid and assistance and the work that the World Food Program does in countries all around the world. Now, the best way to think about the World Food Program, I think, is really as the world's safety net when it comes to food emergencies. So when you have a conflict event, man-made conflict, uh, climate emergency, uh, extreme events, economic shocks, very often it's the World Food Program that comes in and provides life-saving assistance to people who have nowhere else to go. You know, and right now as you look around the landscape, we've got about 350 million people in 80 different countries around the world who are facing crisis levels of hunger. And these aren't people who are just skipping the occasional meal or rationing. These are people who don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And this is really the populations that WFP and the World Food Program is trying is trying to serve.
0: So you talk about serving those, the people that are in need. How do you get in touch, and what are some of the requirements for you guys to help out?
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, the World Food Program works in places where we are invited to work. We're a humanitarian organization that operates on the principles of neutrality and impartiality, and so what we need first first and foremost is agreement to be in the places where, where we're working. Usually that comes as a result of... Of major shocks to economies that local governments alone are not able to solve for or prevent Um, so we're working in about 80 different countries right now 80 to 100 this year we're looking to serve hundred and sixty million people with food assistance that'll come in the form of about 15 billion meals that we'll serve in the next year so it is a really a massive operation uh, we're working typically in places, right now, the, the single largest driver of hunger is man-made conflict. So when you look around at those emergencies around the world, it's really the Syrias of the world, Yemen, northeast Nigeria, Ethiopia, South Sudan, places where you've had sort of sustained uh, conflict in those places. When you have conflict or war, the natural outcome of that is hunger. Uh, so we tend to be working mostly in those places. Right now, though, uh, when you look at the Horn of Africa, you've got people who have been in the Horn in eastern Africa waiting three, four, five years for the rains to come. So we're increasingly responding to places that are suffering from climate-related climate, ch- climate related extreme events as well. Do you reach out?
0: You find the need. But how do you reach back and gather up what you need to help them out?
3: Yeah. So I think the big story here is is the United States has been a leader in providing international food assistance for more than half a century, right? The formal food aid programs were stood up in the United States in the 1950s. Uh, really started out with the Eisenhower administration, was brought into, into fruition by the Kennedy administration. People like Senator George McGovern of South Dakota were really important in institutionalizing this in American policy. So U.S. food assistance today comes in the form of both cash-based assistance and commodity-based assistance. So sometimes the World Food Program is receiving financial support from the U.S. government to be able to buy food in local and regional markets or to use cash-based assistance. But a big part of the American food aid portfolio and what WFP receives comes in the form of American-grown commodities, right? So you're talking soy, you're talking wheat, you're talking sorghum peanuts that go into ready-to-use therapeutic foods that we use to support children who are severely malnourished. So yes, it it is a giant jigsaw puzzle where we're trying to pull together American-grown commodities, matching it up with need around the planet, which is very real and massive. Uh, so that isn't 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 very hard to connect the dots. Frankly, you know, if we've got soy and wheat uh, and corn grown in the United States, there are markets around the world in humanitarian situations that are very much in need of those American-grown commodities. The American farmer plays such a central role in feeding the world. People say that sort of offhandedly, and that's become a bit of a a bit of a uh, uh, you know just an axiom that exists. But in our case, it's very much the real deal. We are taking productivity from the american farmer translating it into commodities and putting it into the hands of people who really need it you talked about making that connection
0: well you know ukraine is always on close on the end of everybody's lips these days what are you guys doing over there
3: yeah i mean we were already at the start of this year before the events in Ukraine, warning of a year of catastrophic hunger. We knew that because of the events of COVID-19, the lingering economic impacts of uh, COVID-19, climate-related extreme events and ongoing conflict events outside of Ukraine, that there was already going to be massive need around the planet. Now, when the events in Ukraine happened, uh, it couldn't have happened at a worse time or in a worse place. You know, Ukraine was providing 10% of global wheat exports, uh, combined with Russia about 30%. And the World Food Program itself was a major buyer for, uh, of wheat and corn out of Ukraine for our humanitarian programs around the planet. So when the invasion happened, we suddenly had millions of metric tons of wheat and corn and, uh, and, and sunflower seed uh, oils that were not able to get out of that country. And that had, a, that had the product of or created a situation where food prices were rising very quickly around the world, faster than maybe we've ever seen. Uh, and then we also had a huge amount of, uh, of people who just couldn't get their hands on the precious commodities that they needed in the form of wheat. So uh, with the Black Sea Grain Initiative put in place in July, we've now been moving some commodities out of that area Again, uh, that program was just extended by 120 days this morning, so that's great news that we're going to continue to be able to move product out of there. That will have the effect of lowering commodity prices globally, and it will allow the World Food Program to procure again out of the Ukraine and continue to have that product meet people who are in very dire situations around the planet, especially in the Middle East and North Africa.
0: In my mind, I was thinking about Ukraine needing the aid, But sounds to me like you guys needed Ukraine to do some supplying for you.
3: Well, it absolutely runs in both directions right now. For sure, there are humanitarian programs at work, and the World Food Program is at work within Ukraine as well. Typically, that sort of assistance is coming in the form of cash-based assistance to people who have been displaced from their homes, and they're still living in places where markets are functioning. So there is absolutely millions of people who have been displaced in Ukraine and are in need of humanitarian food assistance, But at the same time, some of the bigger risk related to Ukraine has to do with the exports in that country that have been locked away uh, and that we as a humanitarian organization need to gain access to to continue to feed hungry populations around the planet.
0: A little more information, how we can get involved, where we can find out more information about you guys. What is that?
3: Yeah, the easiest way is to head to WFPUSA.org. Head to the website there. You're going to find ways to follow some of our social media channels. You'll see some of the latest hunger emergencies. Uh, And there's also ways there to get involved in advocacy as well. Uh, We really want to impress upon lawmakers in the United States that these programs matter. They matter to the American people. They matter to the American farmer. Uh, And if you head to our website, you can find ways as well to get involved in those advocacy campaigns.
0: And that was really interesting to me to hear from chase sova and i thought it was interesting too that he's a fellow wisconsinite we're going to be getting through some more of those chores and then we're going to be hearing some of the news from morgan
1: wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report
0: this time to catch up with morgan see what happens and the news good morning morgan
4: well, good morning. Coming out of a turkey day, hopefully you and yours got plenty of time around the table to pass memories as well as pat those bellies and stack the plates and your lives high with plenty of blessings. As we plug back into headlines, we go to Toma. Not a lot of answers about a stabbing there that sent one man to the hospital, another to jail. But police say it happened in a mobile home park on the city's west side about one fifteen yesterday morning. Now, the victim was taken to the hospital for a stab wound to the chest. Police say 43-year-old Dennis Balaban was arrested on suspicion of attempted homicide. Well, a judge has set a March trial date for Green Bay's... Earlier this week, a judge set a trial date, despite another request from Taylor Shibisnes' lawyer, for another mental health evaluation. She's accused of strangling her boyfriend during a day of drug use and then dismembering his body, hiding pieces around his house. She told police she didn't mean to kill the man, but she also says... She didn't stop. In headlines near us, an update on the young man who ran down three Lake Halley Girl Scouts. He's not getting a new trial. The Wisconsin Supreme Court turned down Colton True's request to have this case reviewed. He's serving 54 years in prison for killing the three Scouts and one of their mothers in 2018. The girls were picking up trash alongside of the road. True was high when he ran them down and complained to the court that his original lawyers didn't explain all of his options before he pleaded guilty in the case. As we look at some other headlines around the state, like Hallie looks at a hike. As leaders there are considering a tax hike question when it comes to the roads, the village board will decide next week whether to put a referendum on that April ballot. No exact numbers yet involved about how much they're looking to raise that. They say they may simply ask to, to borrow that money. You could expect a new peak into public opinion when polls are released next week. We're expecting two new Marquette Law School polls due next week. Pollsters say they're asking you about the high court and cases for argument, and also those new polls are going to gauge public opinion after midterm elections. We'll expect those midweek, probably about Wednesday, and Thursday. Well, if you're planning a family vacation to see the mouse, as you might imagine, his hand is out for more money. Disney is the happiest place on Earth, (laughs) except for your wallet,
5: maybe? He fixed you once,
4: he can fix you again. To get
5: in the box,
1: never! Iger was brought back as CEO on Sunday after leaving Disney less than a year ago since he left. Daily admission prices to Disney theme parks have risen to $159 and will go up to $189 next month. The Wall Street Journal reported Wednesday that since his return, Iger has complained to his friends at length about the price hikes at Disneyland, Disney World and other theme parks. Disney has not commented on the report. I'm Michael Kastner.
4: And when it comes to dishing out some of those deals, we all know what today is. Yesterday we gobbled, today Do we get out the credit cards? It's Black Friday.
2: A new survey from the Boston Consulting Group polled shoppers in nine wealthy nations, and it found that consumers across Europe were planning to spend less this holiday season because of inflation. British shoppers are cutting back by 18%, while shoppers in France and Germany are reducing by 15%. American consumers are the only ones in the survey that are planning to spend more and are expected to increase their shopping by 6%. I'm Mark Mayfield.
4: And out of the shopping lines and back to the barn. We said it to Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show. She's live local and right along with you on Wax 104.5.
0: Thanks, Morgan, for that update. And boy, I can sure tell that I'm a little rusty at doing this. But let's see if Mike is ready for us. I'm coming in a little late. Sorry about that. It happens, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> it just, boy, I'm feeling rusty on this lately. So. Hey,
5: you know, it's okay. It's, uh, It'll happen. It's a day after a holiday. We can't fault you for that one.
0: Well, I think I'm a little in tur- turkey coma yet, so.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think we're all there. <laughs> so uh, I was uh, talking to Leanne earlier. I was like, well, you know, it's... Uh, Feels warmer outside, but I couldn't tell if it was the temperature or if it was all the turkey I ate. But uh, then I looked at the thermometer, and, of course, it was uh, was the temperatures. And today we'll get into the mid-40s for our highs, so that puts us about 10 degrees above our average highs as we'll have widespread sunshine. Mainly clear tonight, dipping to the low to mid-30s for our overnight lows. More sunshine for tomorrow, getting into the low 50s, and then a few more clouds start to roll in tomorrow night. And we'll keep that cloud cover Sunday and Monday with highs into the upper 30s both days. Tuesday and Wednesday could bring us a chance at some rain or some snow showers as well, depending on the track of the system. It's something that we'll monitor over the next couple of days with highs mostly into the mid-30s. Going into Wednesday, though, it'll cool off a bit as we only get to the upper 20s for our highs, and that'll be the story for Thursday as well, mostly cloudy and upper 20s. But right now, we have a mainly clear sky and a temperature of 28 degrees
0: really not bad temperatures for here for the end of uh, November, huh?
5: No, I I would have to agree with you on that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm rather enjoying it. Can walk off that turkey.
5: Absolutely. Well, Jill, you have yourself a great day
0: and enjoy your weekend. You as well. Thank you. And that was Mike Dandrea from TV 13. Even though we come in a little bit late, boy, he was ready to give us some really good news. Let's get through some more chores and then we're going to head on over and look at some more news.
1: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And as promised, we're going to take a look at some more of the ag news. And it is time to take a look at our milk production for the 24 major milk producing states during October. Our nation's production totaled just over 18 billion pounds. That's up just 1% from last year, according to the latest USDA National Ag Statistics Service milk production report with production per cow averaging 2,021 pounds in October, an increase of 18 pounds over last year. Cow numbers on farms in October was almost 9 million head, 42,000 more than last year, and 1,000 more than last month. California leads the nation in total milk production with just over 3.4 billion pounds in October, with Wisconsin coming in second, producing over 2.6 billion pounds, followed by Texas, Idaho, and New York, all producing over a billion pounds of milk in October. And as I mentioned here in Wisconsin, milk production during October totaled 2.67 billion pounds. That's up 1% from last year. And the number of milk cows on farms, 1.27 million had, held steady when compared to last month, but was down 7,000 from October 2021. Milk production per cow here in Wisconsin averaged 2,100 pounds in October for our Wisconsin farmers, an increase of 25 pounds from last October. They're looking up, being more productive. We're going to do a few more chores, and then I've got a treat. We're going to hear from Courtney Zimmerman, our past Central Region National FFA Vice President, and she's going to talk to us about agriculture in south africa and a little bit of her adventure that happened down there and we're going to head on over and hear from courtney and agriculture in south africa we had to go on some tours so what kind of farming things did you see in south africa
6: yeah, so one of the greatest tours we literally just went on to um, this guy's farm that has a had a big cattle feed lot and then a pretty big crop operation as well. Agriculture in South Africa and in the U.S. are very different, but also very similar. And I think the one farm we went to was a prime example of that because their feedlot was almost identical to what we have in the United States. Sure, their cattle were a little bit different, different breeds that they used, different ways of functioning. But at the end of the day, it was very similar to what we have in the United States. Their crop operation was a little bit different, because obviously weather is different um, there as well. And so... They are very heavy in growing corn, which is known more as maize down there. And then also just vegetable production. So carrots and potatoes and and those kind of crops. So like we grow those too, but just different times of year of when they do that was really – it was cool because – Here we are in the United States and we're thinking, all right, we're getting close to harvest season. Well, over in South Africa, they're just getting ready to plant and they're in the middle of winter, kind of the turnover of agriculture. So it was just a huge shift. And to see that agriculture isn't that different and we can share similar ideas and things work over there that don't work over here and vice versa um, was pretty eye opening.
0: You had some fun times out there, too. Something about a safari and something chasing you
6: yeah so we may have gotten ourselves into a sticky situation um but we actually got the chance as a team to go out on a real safari so we loaded up in a safari truck i don't know if there's like a technical term for those but it was a little bit bigger than a golf cart so it wasn't super sturdy but we were safe because our guy knew what he was doing so we thought (laughs) and so we went out on this safari and it was really cool because the animals that are out in the wild there are totally different from the deer that ran out in front of our cars. And so we got to see rhinos and giraffes and zebras. And we missed out on the elephants. We saw them from a distance, but they didn't get super close to us and Buffalo and you name it. The one situation that we ended up in was this mama rhino, her and her little calf were out in the distance and we saw them at the beginning of our safari. And then at the end we saw them again on our way back. And so we were driving along, and all of a sudden, the mom decided, oh, the road just looks like the most perfect place to go stand right now. So she went, and she stood in the road, and we sat there for a while. And then all of a sudden, we realized the sun was setting, and she wasn't moving. And we weren't going to get out to help her. She definitely was the boss. So we just waited, and she didn't move. And we're like, okay, now we got to start thinking of what we're going to do. So the guide, we put all our faith into him. We're like, eh, he'll get us out of here. It's, it's great. We'll be fine. We can wait here, whatever. And all of a sudden, the guide turns, and he starts to take this path that didn't exist. And it was conveniently in between the mama rhino and the baby rhino. And within agriculture, we very well know, especially with cattle, you don't get between the mama and the baby. <laughs> and so we um, we went and we started driving, and the rhino did not think that was super awesome of us so she turned awfully quick and started charging at us and we ended up stuck in a hole so then we had to back out and it was a scary moment i felt for my teammates that were on that side of the car luckily i was on the other side um but we were like my goodness if we make it out of here alive we're gonna have a heck of a story to tell and oh my goodness talk about a crazy experience that i've never had before and i don't know if i'd ever want to experience that again um but that mama rhino as soon as we started driving through there she started charging us and we had to go a little bit quicker and we did make it out alive we are glad we did that um but that was one experience that oh my goodness I don't think my heart rate has been that fast since I don't even know when but it was really funny and we look back and we laugh because we were absolutely terrified at that moment but we did make it out alive and I'm, I'm glad we did
0: and I'm glad she did too and Courtney even as a past national officer, is still such a joy to go visit. I was over there actually on Wednesday on my day off, and we went out for lunch, and she just has so many stories to tell and such a great experience with being that national officer, and it's really pretty neat that I had the opportunity. You know, she's my niece, and I got more of an insight of what a national officer does And just the experiences they have and just to see them grow, too, is just phenomenal. But we better get back to some chores and then we're going to take a last look at markets here on Wax 104.5.
1: The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And as I mentioned before... Our market numbers are coming from prices from Wednesday with the markets opening today at 8.30 this morning. And the equity markets were closed on Wednesday, so I don't have any updates for them. But if you want to, they're getting some well-deserved days off. But if you want to, you can always go online and find out what those prices were and find out what all those markets are up to. But let's take one last look at our markets from around um, Chicago Board of Trade, and remember these prices are from Wednesday, with markets opening up again today at eight thirty. Corn for March six sixty six, up six cents. Oats three eighty nine for March, down seven cents. Soybeans fourteen forty two, up five cents for March prices. And our soybean meal four hundred four dollars a ton, up two and a half dollars. And our wheat. Up seven and a half cents to nine nineteen, and our country elevator prices: Golden Plump and Arcadia is six twenty three for corn; Baldwin six eighteen for corn; thirteen fifty one for soybeans; Duran six zero eight and thirteen forty one; Mondovian and Elmwood corn is at six eighteen; with soybeans at thirteen fifty one; Fall Creek is at five ninety eight and thirteen twenty six; Asu's at 623 and 1356. Elk Mounds, 608 and 1354. Sparta's at 606 and 1340. Ellsworth's at 588 and 1311. Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls location, corns at 603 with soybeans at 1371. At the Connersville location, corns at $6 with soybeans at 1361. And our ethanol plants, in Boyceville, corn is at six eighteen. And Stanley in New Richmond, corn's at six seventeen. And rolling on over to our dairy markets. Barrels are at one hundred eighty one and three quarters, up one and a quarter. Forty pound blocks are at two hundred fifteen, a down five cents. Gray AA butters at two hundred ninety four and three quarters, up one and three quarters. Class AA milk for November's at twenty one hundred four, up a penny. But from after that, our prices are going downward. December 2031, down 69 cents. January, down 38 cents to 2006. February, down 18 cents to 1979. And March, 1980, down 17 cents. And that market is trending downward.
1: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: We'll take one last look at our weather For this Black Friday, for all you shoppers out there, today our high is supposed to be 47 and sunny. Tonight, down to 32. Tomorrow, 52 and sunny. And tomorrow night, just down to 33. But on Sunday and Monday, highs are in 38. With Tuesday, our high is supposed to be 36. Sounds to me like it's a great time to get some of those Christmas lights outside. And you can also win a half a hog for the harvest. As as a thanks for all your hard work, the farm team is giving the gift of pork this season. Win a half a hog and a chest freezer, courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. Go to the WAX website, click on Midwest Farm Report tab, and it'll pop up as an app. You can click on it, and you put in your information, and you're registered to win that half a hog and the chest freezer Or you can go on your app on your phone. And thanks to all the farmers in our area, from Bob, Kristen, and I, and, you know, get out there. Register for that half hog. We got done eating turkey, so we need to fill up our freezers again, and you can get a freezer to fill up. And that's what I have. I have a few more chores to finish up our day. And I actually took up reading, and something that I found interesting From Dolly Parton, she says, dream more, learn more, care more, and do more. And that's kind of a nice thing to think about. So as we wrap up today, remember, take care of each other and take care of yourself. We're going to have a few more chores and have a great day and good luck on your Black Friday shopping.